and welcome back to Apex City. It's been a uh, heck of a month here. We find ourselves once again at Tony Rex Dakota's Jurassic Park and Watch, where Tony, the Dakota family, uh, Jackie, the cybernetic bear, William and Furnace, and Darren, the mushroom alien, have gathered to watch a telenovela on a theater-sized screen. This is episode 202 of El Poder de la as is usually the case for these things, we open up with the title card that says previously. Last time I pushed someone in a fit of anger and I perhaps hurt them more than I wanted. To be fair, I was being threatened. Yeah, I think things may have gotten a bit out of hand in that interrogation room. Flashback, Andrea is reading a letter and this letter is from Fernando Castillo to Felipe Castillo an older letter, and this letter is specifically recommending Andrea for the job of head of security. Flashback to me meeting with someone at a long, dark dining table, opening a velvet box, and there's a gun inside you know what to do next. So I want to open up uh, on that very tense scene between Servador and Andrea. Servador has basically just given Andrea like a uh, an incentive not to push this EMP button and shut our intrepid robot down. So, so you have been offered that Servador will step back uh, from their relationship with Ignacio Castillo. Drea feels like she's being manipulated, and she doesn't like the idea of having of someone trying to use leverage over her. But at the same time, she's not going to react violently. Andrea is going to say, I don't think you will stop yourself. I think you are just trying to manipulate me. So I'm going to accuse Servidor of lying. When you accuse uh, someone of lying to their face... Uh, roll with the questions. Do you have an audience and do you have evidence? No and no. Absolutely not. And are you handling this head-on and without guile? I think that one probably. I think so. So it's, um, pl- it's plus one and you have many conditions marked. Do any of them I have affect so you? many conditions. But I have a plus one to it because I am currently obsessed. Nice. So that gets you uh, up to a plus two. That'll be a nine. Uh, so on a hit, you choose one. You are right, despite what the audience has seen. Uh, They admit their falsehood or mark a condition, their choice. They're surprised, scared, or flustered. They must act with desperation before they can act against you. Which one of those things? I think that they should admit their falsehood or mark a condition. (laughs) Servidor? I'm going to mark a condition here. Uh, Never admit that you're lying. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm going to mark a lovelorn. And how do you respond to this? I'm going to think about it, and I'm going to lunge and try to grab the button. (gasps) Nice! Seems like you're striking out with violence. (laughs) Or acting with desperation. Either one, your choice. I think if you're lunging and like just trying to physically grab it, that sort of seems like striking out at someone, so... Sure. So have you caught them off guard? I think so. (laughs) Yeah, I think I can agree with that. I don't feel like Andrea was super expecting like the sudden act of violence. Like the escalation was definitely unexpected. And have they just wronged you? I mean, I think so. They just accuse me of lying. Yeah, Andrea is kind of threatening to shut you down, too. So totally I think that's threatening me. Uh, I feel like you're in over your head. Oh, I'm always in over my head. <laughs> that's an eight on the dice. So that gives me an 11 total. 
Your strike lands, and you each mark a condition on a 10+. plus. You can also take something from them or avoid marking a condition. I want to take something from them. Uh, so you're both going to mark a condition here, which is going to have some fun knock-on effects. Yes, it is. Uh, but first, Servador, Servador, what condition are you marking? Uh, the only one I have left, which is introspective. And Andrea. <laughs> I have no conditions left to mark, which puts me straight into meltdown. Mm-hmm. When you would mark a condition, but you can't... You go into Meltdown, and I tell you what, uh, go ahead and read that out for us. Meltdown for me. There's a line between justice and vengeance sometimes. That's done now. You go (laughs) directly to the object of your enmity and bring them that justice. You throw their sins in their face and mete out punishment. Maybe you lock them up in jail or a cellar. Maybe you finish things once and for all. Tomorrow, they'll know that you've always been a brute. But tonight, they'll face you in no truth. Yes! Yes! Yeah, welcome to Meltdown. Population one. Things to know about Meltdown is that when you are in Meltdown, if you would be required to mark a condition, you just don't. If you could choose to mark a condition while in Meltdown, you cannot choose to do so. And at the end of this scene where you completed the action of your Meltdown, you clear all of your conditions. I I want the direct, immediate action of Servador snatching that, uh, snatching that remote from from you and sending you into meltdown, Andrea. How do you react to this? Pull out a gun and shoot Servador. Yes! Yes! <laughs> Immediately. That's what I wanted. Yes. <laughs> nice. Okay. We see Andrea pull out the gun. We hear the gunshot go off. We cut to the hospital. Yes. So, Rosa, Ignacio has just directly confronted you and kind of insinuated that, like Ophelia, he now believes that maybe you had something to do with shooting Felipe. Yeah. Now, it is worth noting that this is happening, you know, in the middle of a big fight scene as well. Okay. Um, I am going to process my feelings out loud. So so go ahead and process your feelings out loud. What do you process? All right. My, my brother has accused me of shooting my father. And I'm going to um, show a bit of, like, a flashback for me of... Uh, by the way, we're pulling in some fantastic child actors for this, <clears throat> of me with not Felipe, like Felipe, the real Felipe, before he was swapped out with his evil double. And we, and he's like picking me up and twirling me around and calling me like his beloved little girl and uh, us growing up to, like growing up with this wonderful father figure and this whole flashback, is it, it zooms in on my eye and it shows like this flashback. There's going to be the scene where uh, my real father, Ophelia and Mai's real father, runs into the mine and there's a collapse. And we're being told by the family butler that he's, in fact, been lost and is dead. But then by some miracle, he reemerges. But he's not the father I remember. He's colder. He's harder. He's more distant. I know there's something wrong here. And I can't put my finger on it and no one believes me. And I feel isolated and alone. And he always like seems to particularly target after me. In particular, because I'm the one who's most suspicious, things seem wrong and afoot. Um, and I want to share with like Ignacio my feelings of the father I loved and knew has always felt lost ever since that cave in. I did not shoot my father. I would not kill him. But the man who's in that bed hasn't been a father to any of us for a very long time. At this point, uh, let's let's ask the audience. So this is going to be uh, Jackie, William, Darren, and the collective Tony Rex Dakota family. 
Uh, so let's start with Darren. Um, so Darren, are you reading for Rosa right now? Yeah, I think Darren would be reading for Rosa right now. I get William. Uh, once again, very much so. Uh, there is a lot of empathy from William for Rosa specifically. I mean, especially in this particular moment, right? Like where yeah. Rosa's like, my, my father yeah. seems distant and kind of evil. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's a lot of uh ways uh there's a lot of similarities there and so lots of empathy 100 percent rooting jackie hi i think jackie is definitely supporting rosa and yeah yeah no i think i think the uh the dakota family i think i think tony just like gives his kids a hug and like yeah no that like that's heavy right so yeah that's everybody that's your plus four that's as good as you can get well it's a max of plus three ah uh, so it is uh, I rolled a seven, so I have a solid ten. Uh, so on a hit, choose one. The audience can reveal a crucial event going on outside of you, tell you how you might find love with a partner of their choosing, or tell you how to get blank to blank. The audience reveals a crucial event going on outside of you. Uh, I actually want to kick this one over to to Jackie. What are you yelling at the screen right now? Ah, oh, jeez. So this is, I can just create a new thing. This isn't like something we've already yeah, done. Okay. This is, yeah. um, Live your best life, man. So my thought is we flash to Felipe's hospital room where he opens his eyes. He is waking up. He is not out. He didn't die in surgery. I think that's the information that is really crucial to this. So, so maybe like he's in like the recovery bed, right? And like we see him like hooked up and like we see his eyes start to flutter. If you want to follow up on that information uh, immediately, Rosa, you certainly can set that scene. So I, I am told that, like, hey, your father made the surgery successfully. Not necessarily, but, like, if this is something that you would want to follow up in, it's not necessarily something that your character knows. Because, again, it's a, it's a show, right? Uh, so, so narrative logic is in full effect here. So we get that scene of, like, Felipe's eyes, like, fluttering open after surgery. And you can set a scene, you know, immediately afterwards that relates to that. So this could be, like, this fight is over and you're now, like, in the, the room with your dad uh, this does not have to be directly, and honestly, probably shouldn't be like directly following, right? Okay. Think of think of it like a TV show. You don't follow everything. Mid. What I thought is, and I don't know if this is permissible, is he his eyes flutter open and he sees someone in black standing over him with a needle, injecting something dark and green into his uh, IV bag. I don't know if that's what like I'm. I don't know what I'm allowed to say or do in the context i think no I, I think that works i think because you're setting a scene where you follow that information immediately um and this seems like you might be flashing back to a preparation okay yeah. right because this is this is you having prepared someone to like if your dad doesn't survive uh surgery to you know to finish the job right mm, okay so that's kind of what that feels like to me so we so we see that scene of like someone like standing over your dad with like this this syringe and then I think we have to get the flashback to you making that preparation. Um, so so what does that look like? I will be talking with the priest. <laughs> Medina. Yeah. yeah, here we are. He's got a dark past. He has a dark past. And I think in my confessions with him over the years of like sharing with him how I don't believe the man who came out of that tunnel was my father. It's someone else. He also noticed something wrong in church when he was doing his Easter blessing. When he put holy water to anoint him, it boiled off. <laughs> he was like, "Yeah, that's right. This is where we're. This is where we're going. Buckle up, bitches. Here we go." 
Oh, I'm Bob. I probably shouldn't say that. I'm so sorry. <laughs> and so he feels like, oh, he's something else and not human. And so he's going to, uh, he, he agrees to help me that there is something. There is something. There is something this. upsetting at the Circle K. <laughs> <laughs> so let's roll with some questions. Did you have plenty of time to prepare this specific thing, uh, which is Medina taking a syringe of stuff? Like, because this is this has only been a couple hours, right? Yeah, it's only been a few hours. I think though, actually, because I would have had made wedding arrangements. I feel like I have been trying to pull strings to push for this. So I feel like it wouldn't have been that many hours. I think this would have been like several days of planning of like trying to get the priest to help me. Because I think the priest has been helping me, is my argument. That's fair. No, that's fair. Uh, and did you have someone looking out for trouble? In this situation? No. I mean, I might have told Servador. Yeah, but Ser- Servador is currently otherwise indisposed. Yeah, so. exactly. So I'm going to say no. Uh, I do think you're keeping your hands clean, though. So Yeah. Ah, oofa doofa. <laughs> Five. Ooh. Okay. I'm rolling horribly today. <laughs> we see, uh, you know, m- and we recognize Medina only b- by his eyes, right? Because, like, he's wearing that, like, full black costume and, like, he's got the mask on. But he's got the collar. Yeah, yeah, but he's got, like, the <laughs> collar and, like, the habit, right? And we see him, like, preparing to, like, inject this needle into uh, uh, Felipe's, like, like bag, right, of, of IV fluids. Yeah. Uh, and then we hear the cocking of a gun behind him, and we look over his shoulder, and Arturo Bravo yeah. is standing behind him. Bum, bum, bum. And he clears his throat. Excuse me, father, do you have any sins to confess? <gasps> oh, that's a good line. Jeez, that's a good line. And I want to move back to the uh, Castillo estate, where Servador has just been shot. Servador, I feel like you're facing certain death. I do. I, I feel this as well. So how many conditions do you have marked right now? Four. Cool. So roll plus conditions marked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's like a, what is that, a 13? <laughs> okay. On a miss, your death was less certain than we thought. This is not a miss, though. On a 10+, plus, the audience chooses one from the following list. When that option is chosen, it is crossed off, and no one can ever choose it again. So when you're looking at this list, we have to agree on something, and uh, no one can ever use that again. The options are, uh, someone of your choice saves you just in time. Uh, You take a distinctive but sexy scar. You gain a permanent debility, like a limp or an eye patch or something. You become a twisted evil version of yourself. You suffer amnesia. You return with a new face. You wind up in a possibly long-term coma. Or you wind up actually dead. And that one can be chosen any number of times. Uh, So we as the audience get to collectively choose which of these things happens to Servidor. So I want to... Yeah, I want to actually start with Jackie. Jackie, which of those things do you feel uh, is most appropriate? I have a really, really good idea for returns with a new face. So I'm going to lobby strongly for returns with a new face. William, what do you what do you think is uh, the best thing off that list that could possibly happen with Servador getting shot? I kind of agree return with a new face actually makes sense for the robot. That's that's pretty good. Also, it means Andrea didn't screw around and just shot Servador straight in the face. <laughs> yeah, which I also really, really like. That's good. So uh, I'm, I'm good with that. Yeah, and I think I think especially uh, for for the Dakota family, I think Cole is actually on board with that too because Cole's a shape shifting alien robot, right? So, so we do have a consensus on that, but I do still have to ask Darren if uh, if Darren has one thing oh, off that absolutely. list. Oh, yeah. absolutely, 
I think that'd be wonderful. Yeah. So, so we have a group consensus. Return with a new face. I want to get the shot immediately post Andrea shooting Servidor uh, in the face. And what does that look like, Servidor? I'm going to lay this out as, it, as it's happened in my mind, and we can decide if we want to go this round. So we, we, we see the gunshot, and we're going to zoom back in. We're going to cut back into just the barrel smoking. And then there's just going to be a big sort of like gash down Servidor's face. And then Servidor is going to remove the faceplate. And inside is the real Felipe. Holy shit! Yes! <laughs> oh. Yes! <laughs> and what? that's why that explains my love for Rosa. I've been protecting her as the real Felipe this whole time. <laughs> oh my god! Oh dear. Did you just shoot my dad? <laughs> In the face. In the face? Okay. Is he dead? No. Oh. Bullet, he, he did that. So it's bulletproof face. I want to amend this. I want to okay. amend this only slightly. Because what I want to, I, I, what I want is that um, Andrea shoots Servidor in the face, right? And we see Servidor like fly back and like fall to the ground, and then we see like that mask like just crack and like fall apart, and we see Felipe's face under it, and there's like a little trail of blood. So like Felipe's unconscious, but the audience and Andrea sees that that was Felipe just in a mask the whole time. Oh no! Hell yes! yes. This is <laughs> rad! Fantastic. <laughs> Oh yeah, no, into perfect. <laughs> yes. We'll probably have to change your playbook after this uh after this episode, but yeah, you know, I get it. whatever. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> uh so yeah, Andrea, how do you react to that? How do you even Oh man, uh well, I mean, that will end the meltdown very quickly. And Andrea she's just gonna freak out right now. She does not understand what has just occurred at all. She's gonna like rush over and like poke at the face like is, is this real i i don't understand what just happened yeah no i mean it's it's are you maybe processing your feelings out loud as you're doing this i i just don't know how like how to react to that at all uh if anything uh the proper move is to like call either the rest of the security team or another ambulance and <laughs> get this felipe to the hospital <laughs> At this point, the hospital should have our home address on auto. No, I think that's the move. Okay, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna take uh, Andrea is going to uh, take Felipe's slash Servidor's body, uh, unconscious body, and drag it over. Sorry, not drag. Pick him up over over her shoulders and run out to uh, the like black security uh, SUV that Andrea has the keys to, throw Servidor slash Felipe in the backseat, and then uh, start rushing to the hospital. So we get that scene where you're like fireman carrying uh, Felipe slash Servidor uh, out to the SUV. And as you do, we see this long black limo pull up to the front of the Castillo estate. Let's get back to the hospital for just a second. So we've just seen Arturo Bravo uh, stop Father Medina from murdering uh, what we, as the audience know, is Fernando Castillo. Can we address him as Fernando Castillo from here on out? Or we, Yes, yes. From here on out, for clarity, since Felipe has been revealed to be Servidor <laughs> the entire time, we will now respond to Felipe Castillo as Fernando Castillo, despite the fact that the characters will probably still uh, refer to him as Felipe. It's a telenovela. These things happen. These things happen. So we see that... And I think Arturo is, like, marching uh, Medina back out towards the lobby. I think Brickbat at this point has just fled the scene because, you know. Uh, So Brickbat has probably just fled the scene at this point. Arturo marches Medina out with, like, the gun in his back and, like, pulls the mask off of him. 
And Ignacio looks over, and Rosa, what do you do? Uh, Ignacio looks over and sees Father Medina with the... With, like, the syringe, yeah. And I'll see that the syringe is still full, so he was not able to complete the job, but I'm not going to let on that I'm disappointed or, or shocked by this. I'm going to instead confront Ignacio. I'm going to confront him with, like, you know that the man that has been with us this whole time can't possibly be our father. It can't possibly be him. Remember how your father, uh, on your birthday when you turned 14, that your our father could not remember our family tradition of melding our powers together in order to create a silver structure that would be decorated our room for every year on our birthday. And he didn't remember that, which is a family tradition. You know, he would have remembered that shit. And he, and he kind of like looks over at Medina and looks back over at you. He forgets the tradition for one year. It was a busy year. The mine had just collapsed. His brother had just died. <laughs> and, and you're using this to accuse him of what? Being some sort of being evil? But you know that he has been holding back your powers for the last few years using magnets implanted in your brain. <laughs> Fuck you! Yes! What? <laughs> okay, hold on, hold on. Hold on. That's right. That's hold right. On. Okay, no, I'm standing on. by this. I'm, no, 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 no. I'm fine with that. But that has to be a role. That has to be something. Okay, that has to be something. That sounds like reveal a shocking truth. Yeah, to you're me. revealing a shocking truth. I'm revealing the a shocking is truth. That, that's about another PC. And Ignacio is not a PC. Oh. You reveal shocking truths about PCs. Damn. Uh, but with NPCs, you have two options here. I think that's actually almost striking out at someone because it seems like you've just been like. This this guy that you think is your father has been holding you back with magnets that he implanted in your brain somehow. Yeah, because remember we had that skiing accident up in Holland and he got <laughs> severely injured and um, went on our family holiday trip. Right, where you fought the mummies. Yeah, where we, yeah, that same trip. And so we, um, he got severely, he had a horrible concussion and it cracked his skull and there was brain swelling. And they said that um, his powers are of such a nature that they could be impacted by a particular procedure. And our father, father, purposefully chose the riskier operation that would allow him to negate his abilities to control how fast they developed. And we've known this, and it was always under the guise of protecting him, when in actuality, (laughs) I think he was doing it so that he could manipulate and control him and distract him with this whole crime-fighting thing. So I want to – I just want to follow this, right, because – do you believe, or does Rosa believe, that Ignacio knows that that's not actually their dad? I think she knows that he suspects, or has at least been concerned in the past. Uh, so in that case, I actually want to say that this is accusing someone of lying. <laughs> All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I can see it. Sure. So when you accuse someone of lying to their face, uh, do you have an audience? And actually, yeah, you do, because uh, Arturo Bravo and Father Medina are both here. Yeah, okay, yeah. Do you have evidence? Like physical evidence? Any any kind of evidence. Maybe Father Medina's testimony, but I don't know if that would count. You know, I think in this case, sure. You've got you've you've laid out a case, right? Yeah. I think that counts, sure. Okay. Uh and I unfortunately yeah, I just don't think you're keeping your hands clean here. Okay. And do you have any conditions that uh that relate to this? No. Just plus two. Been rolling so bad. You got this one. So I this got one's got to be good. I rolled a six plus two. That's eight. On a seven to nine, choose one. 
Uh, you are right, despite what the audience has already seen. They admit their falsehood or mark a condition, or they're surprised, scared, or flustered. They admit their falsehood and mark a condition. Well, it's or mark a condition. I think Ignacio kind of, like, takes a step back as you, like, unload on him, right? And he, and he looks over, and he looks back at you, and he says, Even if, and I'm willing to admit that maybe I have some suspicions that that isn't Felipe Castillo, but even if trying to kill him is wrong, murder is wrong. And he points at you, and, like, as he does, his body, like, glistens over and turns to <gasps> steel. And I still have to bring you in for that. I think that seems like a good place to take a commercial break. <laughs> Yay! So, um, I want to start with Christina. This is a this is a dessert menu commercial, right? Like, come to Applebee's, get your sweet treats, uh, because this episode is happening on October thirtieth. So, this is trick or treat yourself. Right. Uh, so, how could you how could you trick or treat yourself at Applebee's? They take a bucket of Halloween candy, the entire thing. They dip in the batter and deep fry it, basket and all. Everything is deep fried. But is the bucket edible? No. <laughs> But it is deep fried. <laughs> the candies are still wrapped, too. <laughs> I was thinking they just let you have a bunch of candy wrappers that you can enjoy opening your candy. And there's then there's nothing inside them. That's just what you're into is like that joy of trying desperately to find the exact seam in one of those candies to actually get it open. And just your sweaty fingers can't actually manage to do anything. And you're just like going at it for like three minutes before you actually manage to open it. I imagine this is the exact narration. <laughs> yeah, this, this is one of those things that like, I swear they will have in the pit of hell. That's a Sisyphean like task it that is. they would well, have in Okay, hell. okay. So the Sisyphean Halloween experience. <laughs> <laughs> and Nan, give me some elaborate dessert that you could really trick or treat yourself with. I'm so glad you used the word elaborate because this was what I was thinking. So we're going to have a pumpkin cinnamon roll inside of a crepe, inside of a pancake, inside of a tortilla. Wrapped in ice cream, deep fried, covered in chocolate. We have to give this a fancy name. It's the Applebee's uh, pumpcake tia. Yeah, I like that pumpcake tia. Deep fried candy bucket. Yeah, you bring in your own bucket and we'll deep fry it. Locale Sisyphean Halloween experience. And so uh, Applebee's pumpcake tia. Pumpkin tea, yeah. Uh, welcome back to El Poder de Amor, where shocking revelations have abounded. So many. And they're not about to stop, because we open up on the Castillo estate where a long black limousine has just pulled in front of the driveway, uh, blocking the SUV that Andrea was trying to transport uh, Servador slash Felipe to the hospital inn. And the door opens, and we get a shot of a healed foot hitting the ground, and... We hear an umbrella opening, and uh, we see it pull up, you know, obscuring a woman's face. And we see her walking up the long drive towards you, Andrea, and Felipe. Start honking the horn. And as you do, rain clouds roll in and start drizzling down. The camera spins around to show you the face of the long-thought-dead Imelda Castillo. Yes! <gasps> Player three has ended the game. Oh. If you will remember the recap uh, at the beginning of the previous episode, uh, Imelda Castillo was Felipe's wife and the mother of the three Castillo children who was thought dead in a plane crash several seasons back. How could you forget? It was the season closer. Very dramatic. So Imelda Castillo has showed up at the estate 
And she is wearing like uh, a black dress and a big hat and she's got an umbrella over her, uh, which she did put up just before it started raining because Imelda Castillo, in fact, has weather control powers. Hell yeah. And I think as she looks over at uh, the unconscious form of what we now know to be Felipe Castillo and she looks back over at you, what do you do? Should also say- Had this been anyone else, Andre was just going to run them over, but uh, <laughs> I don't feel like that's a viable option anymore. So I'll reverse the car until Imelda is uh, directly beside my uh, driver's seat. I'll roll down the window and I look up at Imelda and I say, well, you were right all along. <laughs> and I think uh, she she just like nods at you and um, pats the side of the car. Get him inside. He's fine. And she, like, smacks uh, Felipe across the face. You always were a terrible liar. Only to you. You were the only one that could ever see through me, Imelda. Still with the eyes closed. And that's when they open. Is that why you tried to have me killed? No. It's not- that's not the reason. But I think I'm finally able to tell you why. Nice. Let's get back to the hospital. (laughs) 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 So- Ignacio has just uh, gone full on steel and Rosa, he has told you that he has to take you in for trying to kill, you know, whoever's in Felipe Castillo's hospital bed. What do you do? I'm going to say I would accept being arrested for murder if what I was attempting was murder, but that is not a person or a human being in that bed. (laughs) That is harsh. Yeah, that's that's definitely a striking out at someone with uh, with voice there. Okay. She's striking out at Ignacio. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah he's like, I-, I have to take you in for this. And yeah, no, that's like throwing and justice saying, back in his face, right? Yeah, no, okay. no, you don't have to arrest me for that. Have I caught them? Yeah, you've definitely caught him off guard with that one. Um, have they wronged me? Uh, do you feel like your brother trying to take you in uh, and make you face the music is wronging you? In Rose's eyes? Yeah. I think that is wronging me. That's all that matters. So it's a plus two. Six. Eight. On a hit, your strike lands and you each mark a condition. So what are you going to mark? Obsessed. So Ignacio, uh, you can tell if that hits him hard because like, even as he was going to bring you in, he's like, you're my family. I can't let you do this. But then you're like, you know, just throw that back in his face. And you can see like that look cross his, his eyes. Like he is just heartbroken, right? Like he is devastated that his own sister would say something like that. And he turns and he like punches the wall, right? And like, you can see like that spider web crack out from it because he's still made of steel. And he looks back at you and he's like, I don't know what's gotten into your head. You never used to be this bloodthirsty. If I had paid more attention, I feel like I could have stopped this course of action. But it's obvious that you're set on walking down a very dark path. And I won't allow that to happen. And I think we see him come at you. We can see his point of view, right? Where he's like, you're not going to stop until you kill this guy and you have the power to do it. And I can't let that happen. And so I think he grabs you and he um, walks over to that big hole in the wall where like Brickbat got, you know, punched out of. Uh, And I think he like holds you over the edge. I want to unleash my powers. I know this is the Wait, wrong. What game are we playing? I know this is the. I know this is the game, but I have powers I have not used this entire time, mm-hmm. and I want. And I know for a damn fact I can manipulate and control metal. And my brother is encased in metal, and I established he has metal in his brain. So I am going to. Yeah, 
Boom, baby! So I'm going to, he's going to reach for me and I'm going to finally use my powers and whole stuff freeze his hand. All please, right. de- please, please. It, ha- it has to be a dramatic ending though, right? So we, we have to have a, dra- a dramatic moment at the end. So, oh, I, I like this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How about this? I love ideas. We, we see the hand letting go and the camera zooms back and shows Rosa has used her powers to switch places. And Ooh. Ignacio is now standing over the hole and he's just let go. Because, you know, you've levitated yourselves around. Yeah, I like that idea. Just to sort of mesh these two ideas. Yeah. No, I, I, I like I like, I like, like this. I think to make it like, like that one step, because we have to push the scene a little bit further, right? Yeah, exactly. So Ignacio, like, we can tell that he is going to, like, drop his sister out of, a, out of a hospital window to stop her from doing whatever she's thinking of doing here. Uh, and as he does... I, I like the idea of Rosa taking control of Ignacio's body, and I like the idea of her, like, levitating them both up into the air, like, outside there. I think we should just end the scene right there before anyone drops, but with the idea that both of them, that both of them could. So yeah. that last scene that we get is Ignacio and Rosa hovering in midair, 30 feet above the ground, and just, like, staring each other down. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I hope you have all enjoyed Passion de las Pasiones. Obviously, there are no uh, dangling questions. There are no plots left to resolve. We've wrapped everything up in a nice, neat bundle. Mm-hmm. So that works. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing. There's nothing left to be resolved. What? The, right now, in the audience, Jackie's like pissed off that they left it on this cliffhanger. She's like throwing stuff at the screen, and Tony is not happy about it. <laughs> no, Tony is trying to stop you from. Th- he's like, look, the screen is very, very expensive. Don't, don't do that. That's not. <laughs> that's not how to how to resolve your feelings here. <laughs> so so with that, we will see you next month uh, for some more Masks Goodness. Thank you for spending a month with us playing Pasión de las Pasiones. And uh, please go pick it up for Magpie Games. It's fantastic. It's a blast. It is. Pasión de las Pasiones is written for Magpie Games by Brandon Leon Gambetta. It is made of desperate love, naked ambition, and burning passion. Take a long, hard look in the mirror, and then make the right decision. Rosa Castillo is played by Nan. Find her on Instagram at Nanjitsu. Andrea de la Cruz is played by Jordan. Servador Dali is played by Christina. Apex City is emceed by Jeremy, who also writes the music and edits this podcast. Our album art was provided by Fitzsimmons. Find them on Instagram at Fitzonomy. Find us on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere a wedding is being interrupted in a dramatic fashion. Follow us on Twitter at ApexCityCast. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next issue.